Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Shades of Grey. On the show with us today is Justin from GoGo Grandparent, a California-based startup that helps families take care of their loved ones from afar. And the first product they have helps older adults use on-demand services using a phone call. So welcome, Justin. Thank you so much for finally having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> it's been four years almost um, since yeah. I've known you. So um, let's talk a little bit about GoGo Grandparent. It's a company that you started, but with a very, I would say, unusual demographics, not one that we typically think about when it comes to ride sharing. So can you tell us a little bit more about what inspired you and the journey that you have for the past few years? Sure, yeah. Um, excellent question. Thank you. I used to live with my grandmother, um, and I lived with her for about three years, kind of in between uh, failed uh, projects. Um, and she, uh, you know, she was very patient with me and, um, and, and we, we it blossomed into a wonderful, like roommate friendship, roommate styled friendship. Um, and, uh, and then we eventually moved out. We being my, uh, now co-founder and I, um, and I would visit her every Sunday and I didn't have a car at the time. Um, and so I would take a lift to get there and, uh, kind of one Sunday at dinner, we, you know, she was talking about how she's uncomfortable driving at night and she had to get to the Nutcracker in November. Uh, no, I'm sorry, December for their Christmas performance. And she wasn't sure how she was going to get there. So she asked, um, for, uh, Liv's phone number. I was like, Ooh, grandma, they don't really, they don't really have, they don't really have that. Um, and she, you know, and she kind of knowing that my, you know, now co-founder David and I had been looking for um, projects that we were hoping would be successful, kind of just says, well, you should just do that then. And she kind of said it with this uh, admonishing tone. Um, and so we, we did. We didn't tell her that we made it for her. And or what we did was we kind of tricked her to see if she would use it. So we um, told her that a friend had this phone number that she could call, and then they would like order a ride for her. Um, and we wanted to just see if she would, if she would call and that, you know, if she wouldn't do it out of being a good grandma, but if she would just do it out of being someone who needed a service like that. Um, and, uh, there was some bumps and challenges along the way, but she eventually did. And after her first trip, then we told her that it was our thing. Um, well, actually we didn't tell her until after she had recommended one of her friends to call this service that we had made up. Um, and then at that point we said, okay, grandma. There's something we need to tell you, you know, the, the company that you call is actually our project and we're going to kind of see if we should keep working on it or not. And we wanted to, we're sorry about tricking you, but we just wanted to see if you would use it. Um, and, uh, and, and she, she stopped speaking for like a minute. And if you know my grandma, that's like a huge deal. And she was just like, the, her first words were, this one's a winner, honey, this one's a winner. And so that's kind of the origin story. Um, it, uh, it started, it started with her. And then it kind of grew to her friends and then her friends spread it to people that we didn't know. And I still remember that day. That was such an exciting day when someone I didn't know even loosely through grandma was using the service. Um, and then at, kind of at that point it blossomed and spread across the country. And I, I think the, you know, one um, it's no longer like a number that you call and then a person picks up. We did a lot to improve the service. So kind of just really quickly how GoGo works today um, uh, from an access standpoint, you call the phone number, 
press one and a car picks you up from your home, you call the number, press two, and it picks you up where you were dropped off last, or you can press zero to speak to a 24 seven operator um, who will be able to order a ride and take you uh, wherever you want to go. After that process, once the ride's been ordered, GoGo does a whole lot to kind of manage the ride and make sure everything goes well. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that later, but that's, uh, you know, it's kind of what we've done today. And um, it's been pretty cool seeing it grow over the last few years. Number of years since you really started out with Google Grandparents and your initial work um, to do things like get your grandmother a ride. You, you talked about how it's changed a little bit, but you know, going back, if, if you were to do it all over again, what would you have done differently? Okay, yeah, this is a great like segue into kind of the work that we have been doing over the last few years. I, I think that what I did not understand, and I think a lot of folks, I mean, understandably so, it isn't very intuitive to them. But what I what I came to appreciate about this demographic is that um, it's not so much that they're born in from a different time, and it isn't so much that they uh, are innately as a generation uh, less capable of dealing with technology that holds them back necessarily from using smartphones. I think that there is uh, physiological um, factors uh, as well as cognitive uh, factors that go into how consuming services, um, how well it works. And that as you age, a combination of cognitive and physiological decline actually makes it harder for anyone to use technology as, or not even technology, but just to, to, to handle like the multi-step and complicated process of um, your own personal mobility and thinking through all the things that you need to think through when it comes to uh, getting a ride somewhere. It's not, it's not even something that like I was thinking of day one. Um, it really took just like a year of, like a quick example, you know, once we made the automated system, press one to get picked up from your home or two from your last location, we kind of thought like, okay, we're done. Like, great. Um, we'll, we'll throw in, like, you can press zero to speak to the operator just in case, you know, grandma gets dropped off somewhere and she might need the occasional ride. But we were expecting these rides to be like 95% automatically ordered and maybe maybe 5% ordered from a location that wasn't home or last location or any of their custom locations. And boy, were we just like blown away by how wrong we were. So much of the complexity uh, that GoGo Grandparent handles comes from appreciating the fact that we're working with a demographic that might struggle with managing complex multi-step tasks all in their mind and having to kind of anticipate those right away. So if we could do it all over again, we would have, uh, hopefully uh, started thinking about um, how how we can make GoGo Grandparent as simple for that demographic and for that use case as can be. Um, uh, there's so many examples. I'm trying to think of like, now we have uh, like a six step process once a request happens that we go through. So the request, to give you an idea of what we've had to struggle to learn to do, um, a request comes in and it's for, you know, someone that wants a ride from their home. So maybe they even pressed one, no operator involved. Uh, so we have to first check to make sure that the car that they're matched with 
isn't too big or too small based on their preferences. Um, you know, no one's going to get into a truck uh, with GoGo grandparent. Um, once we've done that, we have to check to make sure that the driver is hasn't been banned or hasn't been uh, someone that you know created an uncomfortable experience for any of our other clients. We do that within the first thirty seconds. Um, once we do that, then we call the driver and we just this person has a your your next client has a, a foldable wheelchair, a cane, a, a walker. Are you going to be comfortable with that? Um, we try to get an idea of their level of comfort there in that phone call. Um, if they're uncomfortable, we will cancel and re-request the ride. Um, once the driver is arriving, uh, we, we have systems in place that check to make sure that the driver uh, is, is truly uh, in the correct spot. Maybe, maybe you folks have used the Uber yourself. I'm sure there's been instances where the, the driver maybe was a few doors down or not right in front of you, or they, um, or they were just around the corner uh, and you had to kind of go hunting for them. Well, someone that's 90 isn't going to be able to do that. Even if they've been doing it for the first 50 years of their life, it, it, it just gets to be a, a point where it's, it's not worth bothering about for them when, you know, for someone that's 90. Um, and, and so GoGo kind of has to bother with it and we have to figure out and make sure, okay, the driver's right in front of this person. Um, once the trip is happening, we make sure it's not going off kilter. Um, and then afterwards we'll handle any complaints that happen also through the phone. People can call. Um, we send them a call and ask them to push a button, uh, you know, one through five to rate their experience. If it's a one, we follow up and try to figure out what happened. If this driver needs to be put on the do not disturb list. Anyway, I don't mean to give you the full rundown, but there, there's all these scenarios that can go wrong. And I think that day one, we... You were sort of just thinking that we're a clever phone number that lets people use Lyft and Uber without needing a smartphone. Um, and, and, you know, today, 40% of our clients have smartphones and they've used Lyft and Uber before. And we didn't know, you know, I think that it, we would have approached it differently had we anticipated that that was really the problem that we were solving and that it wasn't so much just like a technological gap sort of a problem. I think I might have to quote you in the future of what you just said, because I had that very same conversation earlier today about how biased, I would say, or how wrong that bias is of, of um, the tech community or people that does innovation in general against people that are older, as we just have this preconceived notion that they're dinosaurs and they don't know how to use tech and right. hence, et cetera, et cetera. So no, I, I love, I love what you were doing. Um, but let me ask you something, because you started this company, obviously, inspired by your grandmother and by what the older demographics are experiencing and the need, if you will, that you're trying to address in the marketplace. So going forward, um, it's been a few years since you guys started. Um, is that still the key demographics for you guys or are you planning to expand out or what other upcoming plans do you have for the company? Yeah. Um, excellent question. Thank you so much. Uh, so yeah, older adults are definitely the bread and butter of what GoGo has been working with. Typically people over the age of like 78. Um, we, we do, our, our, probably our next biggest two bases are um, people with cognitive disabilities and people with visual impairments. Um, they, it, both of those are still in the minority, even combined, they're in the minority. But those are kind of the, the next groups. Um, we also think that there's going to be, if not already is, like a changing attitude towards 
um, kind of the later years of our life journey. And I, I want to start servicing more people that are looking to adventure in their, in their older age. Um, you know, even if it might be hard to manage personal mobility, like my, my grandmother's sister, <laughs> whose name is Aunt Elma, uh, Al Melita actually, which I'm only sharing because it's just the cutest name. But yeah, Aunt Al Melita um, is in Oklahoma, but she grew up in California. And last time that she visited my grandma was a few years ago. And, you know, at that point, you can't really do much necessarily. Like you're not, we're not going to Disneyland. Um, but, but what she really wanted was just to drive up the coastline, um, and because it's been, it had been too long since she had seen the ocean. Right. And so uh, I think that go-go grandparent, the name, um, has been maybe hitting even too hard. Just the idea that like, we are a, a number that older adults can call, um, to manage their personal mobility. Um, but, but maybe we need to start thinking about the way that we're, telling that story and start giving people more of like a, like a mission purpose for mobility because no one wants to take a ride to the doctor's office, but everyone wants to take a ride to like the ocean. <laughs> so, um, so we'll, well, I think that, I think that a big like messaging change is coming to, for us and it's going to be hitting more that group of people where that, that, that message resonates more with them. And it's not like, Oh, something for, being older, it's just, it's it's uh, it's a way for people to continue experiencing adventure, no matter their age. Um, it's a message about living, right? That that's yeah. a lot of times we talk about when you think about old age. A lot of times we think about decline. We think about, like you say, going to the doctor or things that are not pleasant, not something they look forward to. But if you can expand it to get people to think about living their life in a different way, providing right. them with with a chance to like you say, see the ocean, I think is an inspiration that more people can look forward to. So I'll, I'll, keep, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you folks updated, but um, I would say that that's kind of one of the ways that we're probably going to start shifting to serve more of that demographic. So, so what I listened to you, Justin, talk about not just the origin story, but about where you might take this, um, it seems really aspirational to enable um, not just mobility, but it's, you know, to, to let people as they age continue to do what they've likely done their entire life, which is to explore. And I, I think about, you know, what you're doing and, and maybe, you know, one day it expands to more than just physical driving. Maybe it's, you know, getting um, someone who has challenges traveling from point A to point B, which could be cross country. Uh, but in the short term, what do you think about, you know, competition? Do you worry about, you know, Lyft and Uber simply having a, a phone number that they add or a part of their app that they add to say, you know, if you need help with mobility, press this button or call this number? What about competition? Yeah, great question. I think that the biggest source of competition that we have now is probably coming from friends and family and caregivers directly that are just not even thinking about looking for solutions to this problem that they might have. There's been plenty of family members that have come to us saying, look, I've been doing this for the last year and you know, I'm ordering a ride for my mom and I'm just staring at the screen, like waiting for, waiting to see if the drive is going to go into progress, making sure that the, the driver picks up my mom. Um, and every time it, it just causes me so much stress 
stress, I was so happy to find you guys. Um, and I don't know how many like uh, direct caregivers or family members, loved ones, et cetera, are out there doing this right now for their parents. Um, and, uh, and I just wish that all of them knew about GoGo. <laughs> um, but that's probably where like the greatest source of our people that aren't using us are doing that is coming from. Um, as far as the way that, I mean, we love Lyft and Uber and we think that, uh, they have accomplished like an incredible, um, feat, uh, an incredible case study of economies and, um, uh, how a positive network reinforces itself. You know, they collect, they get drivers interested in making money. Um, that gets more people interested in taking rides as more people take rides they can get that, you know, they can, drivers can make more money at a lower price. Um, you know, maybe instead of, uh, making $15 once per hour, now they're making $12 per ride three times an hour. So they're making $36 an hour. I mean, that's the argument that they, that they make, but through, they've been able to, to create an incredible infrastructure of mobility out there. Um, one that we want our demographic to tap into. Do I think that? Lyft or Uber would be interested in this demographic? Maybe. Uh, they are currently getting our rides. So just to be clear, when someone calls GoGo Grandparent, uh, you know, when they call 855-GOGO-USA, our phone number, then, and they're requesting a ride, they are getting a ride. So I think that, um, you know, really at that point, Lyft or Uber would be, like, we're not necessarily competing with them. Um the way that they view us is kind of just like a medical partner. Um, and, and I think that's that we fit really well into what their initiatives have been doing. I think that Lyft and Uber really want to power the infrastructure of third party mobility, um, it, which you can kind of see from their, uh, from their steps into partnering with hospitals and Medicare organizations um, working on, you know, getting federal money to subsidize their rides. I think that's a brilliant strategy. Um, and, uh, and I think that they kind of view GoGo in that same way. We're using their service much like a, um, you know, management provider would be using their service. Um, and the more rides that we do, the more of a win that is for Lyft and Uber. Um, obviously I can't speak on their behalf, but I'm, I would like to say that they that they're really happy with our partnership and the growth that they've seen from GoGo, um, and uh, and that they want more <laughs> more to come, which we do too, and um, and I think it kind of comes down to us just specializing in acquiring and creating a reliable service for you know people that are in their later years. We would like to give a mention to our creative partner, Tremendousness. Tremendousness is a creative agency that uses visual thinking, information design, and storytelling to help organizations explore and innovations, products, and processes. Learn more at www.tremendo.us. Looking back in, in the journey, right, when you decided to start this company, um, 
it's, it's not something small uh, to undertake, I would say. So what are some things that you would recommend to somebody new um, to the startup, startup ecosystem and say, these are the things that you wish you knew or these are the important things that you need to keep in mind of? I would say that like I, my advice for this theme of questions changes based on the stage that the person is in. Um, but in the way that you phrase it, going off of that phrasing, someone that's new, maybe they're just starting a company or, or even one step before, maybe they're exploring ideas around a company and they're trying to think like, man, is this like, okay, I have this idea. I've talked to people about it. Like, you know, no one has told me that they hate the idea. Should I keep, um, should I pursue it? Should I quit my job and pursue it? Um, and, and I, so the advice I would give to people that are considering that question is whether or not they have a choice. If you have, like uh, David and I worked on uh, two other ideas before GoGo Grandparent, and then um, individually we were working on other businesses prior to GoGo Grandparent. GoGo Grandparent is by far the one that's been the most successful. And the, and the feeling that we got you know, when we started getting traction with GoGo was just totally different than the feeling we got at any of our previous projects. It was, uh, and I'm, I'm borrowing expressions that I've heard before, but where with all the other previous projects, we really thought, you know, we were sort of pushing a boulder uphill. And what that might mean more concretely is you talk to people and they say, yeah, then that sounds good. Or, oh, I would totally use that. Um, you know, even as much as saying like, let me know when this, when you're ready and I will be very happy to like be your first customer. Um, this is such a great idea. Like that level of enthusiasm means, means very little, um, compared to like what we experienced once we finally landed on, or really once grandma gave us go, this is a perfect example or a perfect, perfect, like anecdote. My grandmother told me to make go-go grandparent no one else but and she used it uh without even knowing i had made it like she wasn't being kind there, there was no this wasn't her being grandmotherly she had a problem and she needed a solution and then she called this phone number um that we had made up and told her like this goes to some other company uh until you have people that are doing that and and you know concretely this looks like a couple different things so in that example I shared earlier, oh yeah, that sounds great. Let me know when it's ready. I'll be your first customer. The difference is someone is giving you money and they're saying, here is like my deposit. I want to be like the first person that uses this or not even I want to be the first person. I need to use this. I, uh, you know, I need to use this now. Like, oh, it's not ready yet. Well, how much do you have? I need to use the 30% that you have ready today Otherwise, I'm, I'm going to have to start looking for other solutions or I'm going to have to start doing X, Y, and Z. Uh, it, it just, it feels like a pull. People are pulling GoGo, in my case, people were pulling GoGo out of us. You know, if we had just, in the first case where we, where we were trying to push, we would never have landed on, like if we were just trying to invent GoGo and people didn't really want GoGo, I don't think we ever would have gotten to the point where we realized that most of the work that we're doing is around managing mobility for people and less about like providing a phone number for them to call all of that. Cause we were super ignorant. 
um, we were new to this space. We had never worked with older adults before professionally. Um, so we easily could have just left the phone number and never did anything and never done anything about it. But people were calling us and demanding that they, that we do more. And they were forcing us to like create functionality that they needed. I mean, they might not have said it explicitly. I need you to screen out all cars that are trucks immediately within the first 30 seconds by canceling these requests and re-requesting. They, they were saying like, this is a truck. I cannot get into this. Right. Um, and I'm never going to use you again. But uh, I, yeah, I would say that you gotta, you quit your job when you have no other choice. When people are forcing you to not go into your job because they're having terrible problems with what you made them, but they want it to work so badly that they're telling you about these problems rather than just giving up on it. That would be my advice. That was really long winded. I apologize. I should have prefaced with like, I'm very monolocky. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. If you keep saying I apologize, I'm going to have to send, send, send you a, a bill. You okay. But um, I, I think it speaks to something that's important though, that a lot of times we forget is you need to have a need right in the marketplace. You don't just create something right. shiny you think is really cool. Then oops, wait, there's no market demand for it. Um, I think CB Insights had a brilliant article about that. Um, but there is a need, and like you say, is a need to, to move around to get from point A to point B. And not only you sell it, I think what was really intriguing and interesting about what you guys have done is you actually paid attention, right? You paid attention and you look at the need and you look at what you need to change, not just throw something out there. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I paid attention, uh, got yelled at enough times or we had to pay attention, maybe they're synonyms, but I appreciate the, the positive spin on it. I mean, just in the, the way that I kind of look at, <clears throat> excuse me, what you've built is that while you started out with this idea of mobility and it was very personal because of um, your grandmother's need, I think the reason why more people um, don't use, you know, shared Lyft and Uber type services for, for transportation is trust. And what you're doing is you're really cementing a relationship between family members based on that trust. So if anything, you've sort of put in you know, one of the, the most important cogs of a marketplace around not just mobility, but a trusted network that a family member can use to entrust you to help people get from point A to point B. And I think the sky's sort of the limit from there uh, because this is just an underserved market that is just growing. It's the fastest growing demographic, not just in the country, but in the world. Um, so saying that and saying, you know, and listening to your, your mission, um, let's end with this. If if there were one thing that you would like to change in the world, anything, think big, think small, what would that change be? Right, like the best thing would be if GoGo didn't need to exist, right? Because um, people didn't people didn't age, or they didn't experience aging in the same way that they do today. Now I don't. I'm not okay. So that was that was like the predicate. I was trying to think of things that like would destroy GoGo, right? Well, like, okay, well, what if people like, what if GoGo stopped being needed because people like didn't have cognitive decline or physiological problems as they continue to age and they just like one day woke up and they were done. Um, and, and, you know, it happens like really fast. Right. And that sounds pretty, that, I mean, that would, that would be bad for GoGo, but largely good for the world. And then what would be required for that to happen? And there's a couple things like they're all very science fictiony 
Um, I think the root reason, though, like why we're we're gonna have a problem for a while is is just like the world, the universe naturally wants to fall into disorder. And so I guess if I could like change anything about the universe, it would be I wish that the second law of thermodynamics didn't create like universal disorder or didn't make the world trend to that. I don't know how that would. So you be. want to get rid of entropy? <laughs> You want to you want to get rid of natural disorder? I like that. I thought you were going to come I, up with teleportation or something. I feel well. Yeah. Okay. That would be another way that. Well, no. Okay. So, like, this is a good example. Even if, like, we invented teleportation, I would still believe that at a certain point of cognitive and physiological decline, it would require like some sort of th trusted third party to manage and facilitate that, right? Like, let's just imagine that the teleporter, teleporter, teleportation works in the exact same way as it might do in science fiction. You like walk into the tube and then you just yell like, you know, where you wanna go. Well, I, I can tell you from people that are yelling where they wanna go to me that even that process is, it re requires like a lot of context. We get way better over time when someone uses go go longer um and maybe this teleportation system in the future would as well but it couldn't like no matter how easy it is unless you have like that rich context of experience around or even like okay ma'am you know the teleporter voice it sounds like you want it to go you said safeway did you which is a grocery store right here on the west coast did you mean the safeway by uh you know king street or did you mean the Safeway by um, Loretto Street? Uh, just so that you know, the Safeway by Loretto Street has now closed, right? Like maybe they hadn't thought that it had closed. Uh, what this, is this like mind reader, right? What is the mind reader? About, yeah, if you think about teleportation, then maybe by then Vulcans would have been here and you can read your mind. No, no, no. Right. Uh, you know, think about it. Like Scotty, Scotty did not need to, to like be a mind reader. He had that little lapel pin that like let him know where Jim was all the time. So Kirk, no matter where he was, could be teleported up. But that's not going to happen with Grandma. I really appreciate that we've gotten here in, in this podcast. But but that's like yeah I, I yeah I think I think the the problem is that there's just too much disorder. And uh, if we didn't have that. The uh, a lot of problems would go away, but also like maybe things would just be very like boring. I don't know. So I think I've heard some arguments that you actually need the disorder a little bit to create evolution, um, like the disorder in copying DNA chains to RNA had led to like the um, uh, Charles Darwin's uh, I'm blanking survival of the fittest. Uh, it led to it led to natural selection. So maybe, maybe you can't get one and the other. I don't know. But um, look, if you're going to throw me a question like that, I'm going <laughs> to, this is going to be your response. All right. So never, never we'll leave it here and see, and see, and see what, I don't know. Maybe if I have something better, we'll do another one. Never, never discount the uh, serendipity of teleportation. So right. thank you, Justin, so much. Yeah. <laughs> that that is quite funny. I'm gonna throw you a bonus question since we're having so much fun. Okay. If if you have a chance to invite two people to dinner, yeah, anyone, living or dead, in the past, present, future, who would that be? Well, it'd have to be you and Bradley, right? You're too sweet. We'll have to do um, a vegetarian. Obvious answer. 
in, in the new office in San Francisco. Okay. All right. Awesome. I'll take that as an invite and we will be sure to come by. But thank you so much for spending time with us. It's long overdue. So, and uh, congrats to your continued success. And let's see, you know, what's next for you. Thank you so much, Justin. Justin.